0: Welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, featuring your host, Angela Harders. We're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom, and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast is brought to you by the book, Gospel-Based Parenting a biblical study on discipline and discipling. In this book, you will explore what the Bible really says about spanking and how we can discipline our children the biblical way without spanking or punishment. Every chapter includes a list of discussion and application questions to help you reflect on God's word, God's heart, and your own heart as you seek to discipline and disciple your children like Jesus. Buy your copy today. Hello, and welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling podcast, where we're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harters, and I'm a special education teacher, the author of Gospel Based Parenting and the Crunchy Kid series, and a proud world schooling mother to two amazing children Sophia, who's seven, and Benjamin, who is three. Today on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to Christina Dronin. Thank you so much for joining us today as we have a conversation that can change the world. And thank you for being with us, Christina. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long, long time. Um, But to get us started, would you mind just sharing um, with me and my audience a little bit about you and your family and your story? Yeah, sure. Um, I,
1: I sometimes say I had a little, a little bit of a like a very eclectic kind of background. So um, when I was in college, I think I changed my major like eight times, but I ended up with a degree in Spanish um, with a minor in theater, theater. And then I went on and got a computer science degree. Um, so I worked in the computer world for a little bit. And um, then I was like, yeah, I don't like being at a desk. <laughs> so um I went to um, I started doing stand-up comedy and um, yeah, did some like a um, little bit of acting and independent films and and theater and stuff like that. And that's kind of what uh, well, that is what took me out to l a. That and the better weather. Um I was living <laughs> in Minnesota at the time, so it's really easy actually to find a place with better weather in most of the u s. <laughs> California. <laughs> Yeah, has uh, some of the best. And so we moved out here and um, I've been here now since 2006. So 20 years, coming up 20 years. No, it is 20 years now, past 20 years, because it was in the spring. Um, Wait, 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 I doing my math wrong, 15 years. Oh my goodness. So yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, I, let's see, I have three kids, they are, I honestly wasn't even sure if I wanted kids like I was like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. If we can't have them, that's fine. Like, I just was kind of nervous about it. I think mostly because I had um, a difficult childhood and being a parent scared me. Um, And, and so I did, though, I had kids, I have a a 14 year old, a 10 year old, and a three year old. Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I had my firstborn, um, I had this idea of like, well, I know I don't want to do what my parents did. And I thought that was kind of enough. But it turns out there's a whole lot of world to figure out besides what not to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so, um, so I really struggled. And I was very blessed to have the pastor at the church I was going to at the time, he was a principal at both at a very like well-known, nice, prestigious high school, Christian high school out here, but then also worked as a principal in like the roughest neighborhoods of LA and had two grown children and was a pastor. And he said to me, you know, Christina, I think that attachment parenting is really like God's calling for us as Christians. Like that reflects the heart of Jesus. And at the time I was like, what are you even talking about? I'd never heard this attachment style thing before. And, um, but, you know, he, he did some educating of the parents in the church and stuff like that. And um, so that's where I really got introduced to it. And um, as I was raising my kids, I, um, I really, I kept, you know, I read all, a lot of books um, and was doing my research again, like trying to figure out how, how do I parent, And I kept hearing from people that like, well, God doesn't really say anything about parenting. There's like five verses, you know, most of them in Proverbs and that's it, you know? And I was like, well, that's just weird considering like how important it seems and how yeah. like caring for people seems to be God's thing. You know? mm-hmm. um, and so I started really getting into the word and I felt like God saying, like, I sure do have a lot to say, like tons and tons to say, you just have to like, you know, not always look only for the parenting label in the verse. Right. Like yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I became passionate about it. I wrote some Bible studies. did it with my mom's group. Um, I've always loved doing mom's groups. I've been in mom's groups, um, since my oldest was six months old. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know they existed and I was struggling and my pediatrician of all people said, Hey, I know this mom's group going on at a church and, you know, go check it out. And I was just so grateful to have that community and not be alone and isolated and, yeah um so yeah so it was in my mom's groups so we tried out they got to be the test subjects <laughs> for the bible studies and so they got refined and because you know there's you you write you know how like mm-hmm. you think you're saying something but then when somebody just reads it they they may not pick up what you think that you're delivering you know so we yes. had to make adjustments yeah um and uh yeah so uh, about Four years ago, um, through my church, I also started a well, through inspired by my church, not through my church, but inspired by my church and their heart for serving Los Angeles and, and the people in need that the homeless and the foster youth. Um, I started a nonprofit with my husband to, to serve aging out foster kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids that um, you know have gone through the system, they don't get adopted, they don't get reunited, and they are out on their own all alone without anybody to call on. And it just breaks my heart. And, um, and they have this sense of like, nobody wants, i have even, I even said, I even recently read, I think yesterday about a teen sharing about being in foster care. And people said, Oh, what can you do for, for kids? And she's like, adopt a teen. Nobody wants teens. And I thought that was so heartbreaking, like to mm-hmm. feel like nobody wants you and to be all alone in the world. And so I just have such a, a compassion for them. And it's just something God's put on my heart. So so I spend a lot of my time working on that
0: these days. Wow, that is incredible. I feel like there's so many different aspects of your story that I can relate to, I think that we have in common. And um, I, I love that you started with that attachment parenting. And that's that's something that I've said a lot too, is that I truly believe that attachment parenting is kind of like the gateway into gentle parenting. You know, it, it, really, it really does. It really sets that stage of, you know, having this attached and connected relationship with our babies and then transferring that to having a connected relationship with our toddlers. And then of course, as they grow. Um, so that's really cool that, that we kind of started, I guess, our dental parenting journey in in a similar way. Um, and I'm sorry to hear that your, your own personal upbringing wasn't, you know, wasn't, I guess, gentle, um, Mm -hmm. How would you say that? Um, how would you say that process has been for you, as far as like unlearning the things that you had experienced, and then having to learn this completely new way of relating to children? What was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, so um, there were things that I knew before I had kids. Like I said, that I, I didn't want to. At least I didn't come into it like thinking, uh, not realizing the flaws in my own upbringing. <laughs> Um, so so I had that to help, you know, at least start start me questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's things that I did find that there's like innate built-in responses and assumptions that I still have held on to that I've had to work through. Um so like for instance, because it was a very um uh what is it, corporal punishment, I guess, whatever euphemism you want to do in <laughs> environment <laughs> for me. Growing up, I thought, well, if I'm not hitting, I mean, that's it, right? Like, and for me, yelling was always like, like, didn't bother me at all. Like, it totally didn't bother me. My house was so loud; there was screaming. It was the only way we communicated. Like, Mm -hmm. not yelling, screaming, and that was just like, that's what, like, if you, I don't know, it felt normal. It didn't feel scary. (laughs) Like, it was that. I don't know. I, I just remember I went off to college, and I was like, wow, it's just. I didn't notice until I got there. I'm like, it's so quiet, like nobody's <laughs> screaming anywhere. And we can just talk to each other in normal voices. And like, yeah, Whoa, I didn't know it could be that way. And, and, and so it, um, so yeah, so that all that to say, as I started parenting, um, yelling is something I struggle with and, and my innate response, not even being angry or wanting to make somebody feel bad. It's just like, I'm feeling passionate about this right now. And it's not even like a, yeah, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but it's it's instinctual. And yeah. something I've had to um, really struggle to like battle with, especially when my feelings get overwhelming to not just let it all, you know, explode out. Um, and then just, uh, you know, assumptions about to like, I, I've struggled to apologize. Mm-hmm. My parents have never in their lives apologized it is for anything ever. And if they do, it is, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry (laughs) that you think that.
0: That's like apology, not like a real apology. Yeah. Oh, it's actually like someone else thinks.
1: Yeah, it's like a blaming apology. Like Yeah, it (laughs) really is. It's very not I'm sorry. It's like offensive. Yeah. So um and my and you know of course they were very authoritarian and you never I mean I was told when when we say jump, you say how high you do question, all yeah. that stuff, and so I, I, I want, I struggle with, like, what level of respect that my kids should have, and how much should I demand, and, um, and so, and I struggle with apologizing, with saying, you know, just, because I think that's a residual of, like, that's what a parent does, they never apologize, yeah, <laughs> and so, So, uh, you know, there's times when I know I've been wrong and the right thing to do. And I want to model apologizing for my kids, but it just hits like a thing in me where I just get like, I I act like a teenager. It's terrible. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have to check myself and I'm like, I really mean it. I'm sorry. You know, but it's just this like kind of built in. reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And just. Yeah, the, I don't know why it feels so hard. I think, like, my my mom would not allow ever allow anything that would be viewed in a negative light about her to be talked about. Mm. So, like, you couldn't even, like, mention. So I felt like it, it feels scary, like, oh, you know, I'm not supposed to show any flaws and they should think I'm perfect because why else would they mm. listen to me if I'm not perfect, you know? Yeah. But so and that's
0: that, some of the struggles I've had. That's That's very profound and I hear that a lot too well I can definitely relate to you with the yelling part um my mom is Italian so I feel like we come from a long line of yellers you know not even like angry yellers but we just talk loud like it's just our volume level's already up anyway and so that's definitely something that I I struggle with too you know communicating at like a normal level (laughs) communicating a normal level with people um graciously like my, my dad actually my parents both really modeled for us really well about apologizing but I do hear that a lot of people say that same thing that they grew up in homes where their parents never apologized to them and so it just it feels really uncomfortable to admit that you were wrong um, and to ask your children for forgiveness um but at the same time it's like what a powerful way to be able to communicate the gospel to our kids that that God has forgiven us of everything. And so we're not perfect, you know, like, so we can apologize and say, I'm sorry that I messed up. And just like you said, like that modeling piece for them of showing them how they can own what we do wrong, you know, and, um, and be able to take responsibility for that and try to like make it right. Um, actually, I read a, a really good book about apologizing. Are, are you familiar with the book, um, The Five Languages of Apology? No.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. You will have to get that one. Um, and for any of my listeners that are listening, I will make sure that I put a, a link to that resource in the show notes, but, um, it's by Dr. Gary Chapman and he wrote the book, the five love languages, mm-hmm. um, which most people have heard that book about the five love languages, but he actually wrote another book called the five languages of apology. And that book has, was completely transformational for me. And just understanding that there are, five different aspects of an apology that really make a difference for people and being able to model all five um when we're apologizing is really really important and um and he touches on the same thing that you mentioned about how a lot of times like when we apologize we'll say something like oh I'm sorry you're feeling that way or I'm sorry that you think blah 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 and it's like no (laughs) That, that does not count. That is not a legitimate apology. Like an apology is, I'm sorry, I did XYZ. I hurt you when I did X, Y, Z. Will you forgive me? You know, like all of that, Um, you know, just fully taking that responsibility. But it is, it's very, it's very hard, um, you know, as parents for us to admit that we're, you know, wrong and that we make mistakes and stuff, but it is important. Thank you so much for, for bringing that up. Um, and so I know that you, so you practice, so you went from attachment parenting into practicing gentle parenting. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now as this gentle Christian parent, um, what are some of your favorite strategies that you use as a gentle parent, um, in parenting your children that's different than maybe what you experienced growing up?
1: Um, So the first book I really read that I really connected with on gentle parenting was when my oldest was two and a half, was she three, right around there, anyway, three, (laughs) and uh, I read How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk, and they have very specific strategies, yeah, yeah, and I love how practical their tools are, and it's what I needed at the time, right, I needed like, I needed like baby steps, I needed to be spoon-fed, and I still use um, some of those the tools from that. So one of them that I really love is if you need to repeat yourself instead of, you know, like if, if uh, you know, the way I was raised, it would be like, you know, yelling, getting louder, right? Repeating yourself over and over. And then a big lecture about why aren't you listening and you should be doing this. And I told you to pick up your shoes and you never listen and, I, yeah. um, and you know, and just, and that kind of thing. And so what I like, um, is they say to do like, it's time to put your shoes on and then like shoe time. And then by the third time you just say shoes to so actually get simpler and less and quieter. And I, I love that tool because it works
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and,
1: and it really gives me a sense of self-control, like a chance to like, I want to be like, I already told you to put your shoes on, <laughs> you <know? laughs> but just like like I don't know what to say and to be able to get out the word shoes like I can do that calmly right I can yeah. do that without going into a lecture and so um that's one of the tools that I really like um as far as gentle parenting just um you know I think it's so much of gentle parenting is self-control oriented right and making sure you're communicating effectively and carefully um I like the um getting down at my child's level and like mm-hmm. by their face and like calmly talking to them, um, and a softer voice sometimes when you want to be louder, when you're like another time when you like, you feel like they're not listening. Right. Instead, no. just like slowing down, being calm, um, and, uh, and just really making sure you're connecting, you know, that mm-hmm. connecting before correcting or connecting before anything, just making sure you value that connection and listening.
0: I love that connecting before correcting. I feel like if we could all just focus on mastering that one thing, I mean, what a difference that would make for our relationship with our kids! To focus on connecting before correcting—that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what is another way that you like to foster that connection with your children? Um, you mentioned think- getting down on their level. Yes, yeah. that's a really good one. I like that tip too. Do you have any other strategies for how we can connect with our kids?
1: Um, I try to uh, make sure I do like a gentle touch so touching their arm Mm -hmm. or you know um, with my littlest one I'm not sure how I feel but this is a Karen Purvis thing if you know her Um, she does a lot with like foster kids and and she's very gentle parenting oriented I haven't read all her stuff yet but she talks about like there's something that happens she's like a a, she was a she was like a PhD in like child development or something so like mm-hmm. she really knew her stuff and she said something happens when you touch their face or their chin where they feel like cherished or cared for or something so I've started trying to do that with my three-year like just gently touching like her cheek mm-hmm. well it's those chubby cheeks you want to touch them anyway <laughs> um, or her chin when I'm talking to her uh-huh. and then especially as my kids get older just really truly listening so mm-hmm. listening without judgment which is difficult when they're telling you things that you're like you know, that's a bad choice. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> so, just trying to really just listen and ask questions and be curious um, is something I'm working on, especially with the older ones. And I noticed, you know, I don't know if you've ever had those conversations though, where like you talk to someone and like basically they're talking 90, 90% of the time and then they finish with, oh, it's a great, great conversation. So good talking with you. And you're like, I, I barely got a word in. But they <laughs> feel connected, right? Because they feel heard and listened to. And so oh, yeah. that's that's one of the ways, is just trying to, as much as I can, listen and listen and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to choose times when I'm open to listening, too, because, you know, sometimes you're in a hurry or you just don't want to hear any more about Minecraft. But <laughs> <laughs> but I try to pick times, like when we're walking to school together or in the car, especially. I feel like those are really easy times because you're stuck together in a, in a small, you know, uninterrupted environment. So...
0: Yeah. And so your children have had the benefit of growing up with this style of gentle parenting and connection with you from the very beginning. Are you also a foster parent as well? I know you have a heart for foster youth, but do you foster parent too?
1: No, nope, we don't. Um, I I really just never felt called to be a foster parent. I think it is amazing what these parents do. You have to have such an open heart and willingness to love and also let go and care for somebody else's kid who's gone through trauma but i do, like i said i just have that heart for that transition age group and and kind of knowing that less people are excited about them makes me all the more passionate about working with them you know they're like oh, 18 year olds you know or teenagers and and the ones i've worked with have been i can't think of anybody that i haven't just loved you know they're mm-hmm. so that's where my heart is is with the transition age youth and honestly it's my hope one day as we work with them and they go through our programs if they are open to it to to adults adopt
0: um kids who who come through and, and want to stay connected wow so you're hoping that through your foster care ministry that these children that age out of foster care will also adopt children that are in foster care sorry you froze on that can oh, you can you repeat sorry. It? yes okay. i was asking if um so you, that your hope is that these children that are going through the foster care system and exiting the foster care system that you can train them in hopes that they will also adopt children that are in foster care? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of kids who, who do get, you know, become successful
1: in life and were fostered uh, and came through the foster care system do go back and give back and foster themselves. But what I was saying is that I, I want to personally, because you can adopt an 18, 24 year old, whatever, if they have no family. So like, like if they're in the hospital, like they can call me to come visit them. Like that's what happens if you adult adopt, right. Or you have like the whole inheritance level of things. So more I'm looking to, um, but again, it's like, I, it's up to that kid. Cause some kids are just like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's just going to lead, they're fearful that it's going to lead to disappointment and more hurt and stuff. So, Hmm. but if we develop those relationships, I would, I would love to adult adopt ourselves, like as
0: my own kid, um, the kids who have aged out. Wow. That's really cool. So you want to actually adopt these children that are now legal adults, but you're wanting to bring them into your family, even as adults. Yeah. Oh, That is so beautiful. I love that. Um, I've I've had a heart for adoption as well myself, but um, I'm a single mom. So I'm, it's a little challenging right now, but I still have that desire that hopefully one day I will be able to, you know, adopt children um of my own and be able to serve um my community in in that way as well and love on these kids that are so in need of of love and relationships and connection. Um, but that's you're so right though. Like most people when they think about fostering, they think about you know getting babies or small children. And um, I think there's a lot of fears around Uh, fostering teenagers or like young adults, like they're going to come in with more trauma or they're going to come in with all these extra issues or anger. I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of misconceptions about teenagers in general. Um, Would you say that those kinds of of things are true? Like, you know, are teenagers just kind of this difficult stage where, you know, we should just kind of avoid fostering teenagers or is that an age group that we really should be looking to, to serve and love and take in, um, even though they're kind of older and maybe have experienced more trauma than younger children? What would you say about that?
1: Uh, well, I'm pretty biased. So (laughs) I would say definitely do take in teenagers and foster and adopt and, um, and some of the reasons why that is beneficial is the teenagers right now, I think it is, you only have, if you are 12 years old or older and you go into foster care, you have a 5% chance of getting adopted because oh, so few wow. people want to deal with them. And I think, I think part of it is like you said, teenagers have a bad rap period. Like mm-hmm. whether they're your own, like people want to get rid of their own teenagers, much less take in somebody else's who's been through yeah. trauma. Yeah. And And, and now that I have a teenager and I've done this, you know, gentle parenting thing and this respectful parenting thing, I will tell you my teenager is easier than my three-year-old. And sometimes, you know, she gets a little moodier than she used to be, but she's generally very sweet, very respectful, you know, great grades, all of her teachers and whatever love her. Um, So it's, the only thing is, the only thing that's more hard is just comparing her to when she was like eight, right? When like eight is like this golden zone of like, they're very self-responsible, but like don't have any hormones, you know, of mood or anything like that. Um, and you can talk to them. And so it's still true with the teenager. There's just, you know, hormones. <laughs> <She laughs> notice a little more hormonalness and like moodiness, but that's it. Like, she's not horrible. She's not um, disrespectful. She's very respectful. And, and I think that's because she's been treated with respect and, and care for. And so, yeah, if you're bringing in a foster teen, though, they're probably coming from an environment where it wasn't that way, right? I mean, that's how they got there is somebody was not treating them right. And they will put up walls and barriers. They will be tough on the exterior. Um, but I think, you know, I think trust has to be built and it has to be earned. And And I think for people, if you're going to take in a teen, you just have to have that perspective. You have to have a lot of patience and gentleness. And gentle parenting is perfect for foster kids. It's very in line with what's required by law. And it's also very healing. Um, Like I mentioned, Karen Purvis, she focuses on on helping foster kids. Um, And she's also just very in line with all the gentle parenting things. And so um, I I think it's also just this idea, too. There's a lot of people who foster because well, I want a bigger family. So it's more about like my wants. So I think with the teens, you're like, oh, this may not be part of my family or you don't, you know what I mean? You want to like decide kind of how you shape your kid a little more. Um, but I think with the foster teens, you know, if you have this heart of service and you want to care for somebody who really needs that care and love, and that's that point in their life between being a teen and an early college student where, where life choices and decisions and Major trajectories in life happen, so you can yeah. make a, a profound impact in their life. So it's just kind of more your mindset of you know where you're at, and it's totally okay. I know some people want to expand their family and and do it through foster to adopt, but um, but if it's in your heart to foster because you want to care for the kids and you want to be there for kids who don't have anybody, then then definitely go for the teens.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and. I, I love that you said that gentle parenting, it not just works with our own children, but that gentle parenting is really important, especially when we're dealing with these children that have experienced traumatic backgrounds or have traumatic experiences in their lives. And I totally agree. Um, I, I believe that gentle parenting is beneficial for everyone, you know, not just children, but the same principles I feel like are applicable to any person that you would relate to, like treating someone with kindness and gentleness and respect and empathy and compassion and all those things. Um, and I had someone ask me the other day um, if I ever felt like there was a time or a circumstance when, when gentle parenting wasn't appropriate or when it wouldn't work. Um, and I'm curious what your perspective is on that. Do you think that there's ever a time when gentle parenting would not be appropriate or would not be? would not work? Um,
1: I, I would say this is not outside the bounds of gentle parenting, but if you have to like, if your kid is in the street and a car is coming, you have to run and tackle them off to the side so they don't get hit by a car, you know, or yank them by the arm, like life-saving stuff, or, you know, if your kid has to go get stitches and you know, it doesn't feel gentle to like make them hold down and get stitches and stuff. So yeah. when it's kind of like life or death or health saving and you're 100% sure it's the right thing, but they just don't want to do it, being a little more, you know, not you don't want to be um, just like, oh, you know, I guess that. I mean, that's getting more into permissiveness, I guess, which is not gentle parenting. But there is a bit of forcefulness into, like I said, if you're like, you gotta get stitches in. I'm sorry, I know you don't like it, and there's still gentle ways to manage it, like. I'm here for you this is very hard like empathizing with their feelings mm-hmm. but um but that's the only thing I could think of I can't think of any honestly and like you said the truth is it's really the secret is it's how to be a Christian to everybody yeah <laughs> so all the that's where I felt the really felt the pull as I was going to church and I'm hearing here's how you treat others and then I'm hearing from Christian parenting teachers uh, opposite right yeah. like them down, crush them, show them who's boss. But as a Christian, treat others with respect and kindness and self-control. And I'm like, why? Why is I don't see this verse in the Bible that says, you know, love one another, except for the kids, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Have peace. Well, even, I think it's opposite. A right. Yeah. Like,
0: I feel like Jesus spoke even more to the fact that we should be caring and compassionate and welcoming of children, you know, but you're absolutely right. It is like this, there's this disconnect, especially in Christian circles where we are, we're taught to treat others with kindness and love and, um, and compassion and show compassion to others. But then when it comes to our own children, it's like, no, like with your children, you've got to be the authority and lay down the law and punish them and, um, you know, do all these kinds of things. And, and it, it is, it's a little, um, disheartening, you know, like to see that disconnect in, in Christian circles. Um, and I think most Christians actually don't agree with gentle parenting. Um, so what would you say to someone who thinks that gentle parenting actually goes against what the Bible teaches,
1: Hmm.
0: especially those four verses in Proverbs that everyone likes to cherry pick out? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot to say. Um, there's, but I think at the at the heart of it, it is as Christians, do we have Christ alive in us? Do we have the Holy Spirit? Do we are we dying to ourselves and living for Him? And as Christians, the there's themes of humility, right? That is the most important thing I think you need um, in becoming a Christian is. You have to have that humility to own that you are not perfect, to to say that you need God's help, that to ask Jesus to, you know, take care of all of your sins and to live in your life. And um, and you need humility in dealing with your children, right? To be listeners, to be learning, to be students, that and then and then really understanding that God is creator, right? We He is the creator and children are his creation, and children are his children and his people. And and there's no yeah, like we said, there's no exceptions in scripture to what he says. And so I think, I think the most important thing to me is making sure that they understand that Jesus is the most important and having Jesus in his ways and all the things he said, he said, um, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And Mm -hmm. woe to you if you don't show mercy. Like we got, there's so many warnings and things about um, how we should live as Christians. And I'm I'm 100% sure that those things that Jesus says about how to live and how to follow him through the new covenant trump any old testament laws and he fulfilled the law and not that proverbs is the law first of all it's not even the law proverbs mm-hmm. is poetry um there's a the proverb that says you know if you're prone to gluttony, gluttony slit your own throat so <laughs> if you're going to go ahead and follow rod verses and 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 your own interpretation of them then you better follow that verse too right if you're going to follow the law and you have to follow the whole law. And that's what Paul said. And mm-hmm. again, Proverbs is not even the law. It's not even the law. It is right. with Psalms. It is poetry. So even Old Testament folks and Jewish people do not follow that. Um, and that was one thing that was shocking to me. Because I thought, oh, they're about Old Testament law. Nope, they are gentle parents. Uh, how to talk so your kids will listen and listen so your kids will talk. It's Babur and Mazalish. They are Jewish. Um, so I think I think you just have to. I don't know. My main thing would be go to Jesus and look to Him for your answers and um, and pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit. I 100% believe as well that when Christians humbly ask God, what's the right way? How should I treat my children? How should I guide and parent them? The Holy Spirit will bring conviction. There's people, so many people, who do you know rough parenting or spanking or whatever, and they feel that conviction. They feel it like they feel kind of sick inside. They feel They know it. And I think that's the Holy Spirit. I think that's the Holy Spirit saying this is not Christ-like, right? Christ took the blows for us. He didn't give blows.
0: Yeah, That's what a powerful statement. Jesus took the blows for us and he doesn't give the blows to us. I mean, that is the heart of the gospel. And actually that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Gospel-Based Parenting, was that exact same concept because I just kept coming back to what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus took all of our punishment on the cross. And so if he took the punishment for us, there's no more punishment that's left for us. Like either he paid it all or he didn't. And so if Jesus already paid for our the punishment of sin by dying on the cross, then what am I punishing my kids for? Like, there's, there's no more punishment that's left because Jesus paid it all. And it was like, I, I was really wrestling with that. of like, how can I, as a Christian, believe the gospel that Jesus took all of my punishment and then still go and punish my children for sins that Jesus already died for, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's the parable of the merciful servant, right? Or the unmerciful servant that he was forgiven a great debt and then went out and demanded that debts be paid. He went out and punished after being forgiven and that's like a huge that's one of those few New Testament warnings of like if you don't show mercy you won't be shown mercy. I feel like it's one of the rougher stricter demands of God in the New Testament to show mercy as he sh- has shown us mercy. And we don't talk about mercy enough in in American Christianity if you ask me.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. It's it, it's like we have this, you know, obsession with, with authority and controlling others, you know, when it really goes back to what you said, it's, I feel like parenting is more about self-control and controlling myself, which is a fruit of the spirit, you know, like the fruit of the spirit is self-control. It's not controlling my child or controlling my toddler or controlling my spouse or anyone else. It's about learning how to control myself. Um, and that that is a fruit that comes from the Holy spirit, you know? Um, but you're right. We, we don't really talk about mercy, you know, um, as Christians, which is ironic because we are, we have been the ones that have received God's mercy, you know, in his grace. And so we should be the first, you know, to, to give that out to others and especially to, to our children. Um, and I would love to ask you, I know there are people that are listening, uh, some people that already practice gentle parenting and others that maybe they're hearing about it for the first time or have thought about it, but aren't really sure where to begin. What advice would you have for someone who's wanting to start gentle parenting and either, you know, they've messed up in the past or they haven't done that in the past or they have children and they're planning for the future? Um, What advice would you give for someone who's wanting to be a gentle parent?
1: Um, I think connect to community as much as you can. Um, I feel, I know I hear so many people say, oh, almost nobody gentle parents, but I've kind of gotten so, crowned, so surrounded by community who does that I feel like I'm in the mainstream now, you know, so mm-hmm. um, and gentle Christian parents. And so you'll find encouragement. You'll find people who say, I struggle with this too. And that, and knowing that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a perfect, gentle parent. You are going to make mistakes. You are a human. And it's because of Jesus, you don't have to be perfect, right? He's perfect. And you can say to your kids, mom made a mistake. Thank goodness you got Jesus. Jesus is better. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure's off me and go talk to Jesus. He's he's your perfect example. Um, And I think just for me, really getting into the scripture has been super helpful, right? Because I think scripture grows in your heart and it grows in your life and how you live. And so praying about it, praying about your struggles with gentle parenting or praying for understanding. That's what I prayed for before I created my Bible studies, as I said, Lord, and I really believe he always answers this prayer. It's one of the few is if you ask for wisdom, scripture seems, he never says like, and and God left that person in the dark. (laughs) He always answers that prayer. And if you ask for wisdom, especially in how to, be Christ-like and loving to your children, why would you, why would God say no to that, right? So he will, he will give you wisdom and he will give you guidance and, and then just learning and reading, right? Reading your book. I read your book and I, I honestly, (laughs) you think I'm weird. I swear I went to the back and I was like, well, she obviously did my Bible studies because we're like, we're on the same, like, it's so the same that I'm like, but I think it's, it's the same God, right? The same Holy spirit, the same scripture that God is putting into the hearts of those who love him and know him to, to make sure we give the good news to our children too. And, and what is that good news except that, that, you know, we don't, we don't have to strive to be accepted and loved. We don't have to be perfect. He's perfect. And like you said, grace and mercy and salvation that way, that's the good news. And the good news is that God is with us and for us. And so I think, getting in and studying the gentle parenting writers out there and understanding scripture and um, finding community. I think those are some of the best ways to go. And then having grace and mercy. You know, you get to practice on yourself. If you're going to give grace and mercy, you need to give grace and mercy to yourself. So you, it's easier to give when you receive it. And so those are my, those are my top tips.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all those tips. That's phenomenal. Um, And actually I'll, I'll try to make sure that I remember also to put in the show notes um, some of the, you know, you talked about building community and um, that, is, that is so true. It really does make a difference when the people that are around you understand gentle parenting, especially Christian gentle parenting and are can come alongside you and you can kind of form these communities where you do life together with other people that understand and agree and support you, um, in this parenting style. Um, and so if you don't have access to, you know, a community where you live, I would highly encourage you to even look for community online. Um, I know there's a, a Facebook group, gentle Christian parenting. Um, mm-hmm. are you an admin on that group? Yeah, I am. Okay. Well, there's two gentle Christian parenting
1: groups. So I do gentle Christian parenting, caring for your children like Jesus. Because I felt like the other one, and I recommend both, but the other one's a lot of advice. Like, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? And practical tips. And I felt like, I've felt like in general, there's just not enough, like, really getting into the scripture. So I try to push more into the scripture and the Jesus part of it in mind. So it's caring for children like Jesus is my... Gentle Christian
0: Parenting slash caring, caring for Children Like Jesus is my Facebook group. Awesome. Um, so I'll make sure that I include um that group in there as well. And um and both of us are actually in the gentle parenting community. Um, yeah. because Christina was uh, you were a speaker for the gentle parenting summit, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, we both got to share at the gentle parenting summit, um, that was a couple weeks at the beginning of October. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was an awesome place to connect. And so, um, gentle parenting community is another Facebook group that, um, I highly recommend that, you know, for you to be able to go and get connected with other Christian gentle parents. And hopefully in there, you'll be able to meet some people that live close to you and you can start taking those relationships offline and, um, being able to build a community of Christian gentle parents that are in your home communities. So
1: yeah, I totally recommend it too. And there's a lot of, even though it's called gentle parenting community, it's
0: lots of Christians in there too. So yeah. For sure. Um, And then before we go, I would love to know how can people, well, first of all, how can, two things. Uh, One, how can people support you and your ministry, Finally Family Homes, which is your ministry for foster youth that are aging out of the system? And then um, how can people connect with you? So those two things. Uh,
1: Yeah. So Finally Family Homes, it's finallyfamilyhomes.org. Um, and then we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Finally Family Homes. So um, just connecting with us there and learning about it, you can donate from our website, you can donate on Facebook. Um, and, uh, and if you live locally, get involved and volunteer. And, um, but really learning about the struggles that foster youth face. I feel like the biggest thing is that so many people don't know or they just don't think about it. I hear that a lot, like, oh, I never thought about what happens if you never she never got a family, you know? So just kind of learning more about it because there's thousands, tens of thousands of kids who need that kind of care and love and who need their stories known and to be seen and heard. Um, What usually
0: does happen? I'm sorry. I'm curious. I mean, I haven't really thought about that. What usually does happen to teens that age out of foster care?
1: So 20% on the day they age out. So a lot, most of the time that's their 18th birthday. And I've heard of kids Doesn't matter if their birthday was in March and they were graduating high school in May, they get handed a trash bag of their clothes out the door. And this happened to a girl during the pandemic in LA. She thought the foster family, like she thought she had a connection and she thought she was going to stay with them. And it was like April. It was like April in the midst of 2020. You know, in LA, everything was locked down like crazy. It was hard to get anywhere. You know, every, all the homeless um, places were full. It was just a very difficult time to be thrown out on your own, no matter who you are. And wow. she was. So they get put out on the street within a year and a half. You you it gets up to 35, 40 percent because some of them can couch surf for a little while, but then that runs out. So homelessness, they become targeted by human traffickers because they are very susceptible. And this trafficker will say, We'll take care of you, we'll give you a place to sleep, we'll give you food. Um, so they get trafficked, they get um, homeless, some of them. I've heard stories, and I think this is a little more rare, but they'll break the law just so they can go to jail and have somewhere to sleep and eat, you know. Wow. Um, so it's, it's horrible. It's bad things, <laughs> bad things happen. And, and I don't want to say that every, I want to make sure people know there are PhDs, there are medical doctors, there are Olympians, there are A-list movie stars who have all done foster care and aged out. They can overcome and they do but they're being isolated and young and having a trauma history just makes them very vulnerable to a lot of bad outcomes.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I had never really thought about that either, but you're absolutely right. Like there is this need to be able to help these kids as they're transitioning out. Um and so I'm so thankful that you and your husband and your church I guess have been a part of supporting this ministry and creating this this ministry to be able to serve them so thank you so much for doing that. And then my last question how can people connect with you? Yeah,
1: so um gentlechristianparenting.com that's my website where I have all my blog posts about gentle christian parenting and again on Instagram and Facebook um, and yeah that's the best ways to get in touch and Uh, And and my Facebook group, I'm there every day um, connecting and supporting people, so that's
0: it. Wonderful. And again, I'll make sure that I put all of those links in the show notes so that you guys can all get connected with Christina and the amazing work that she's doing, not only with foster children, but how she can support you in your own gentle parenting journey, no matter where you are in that journey. If you are just beginning or if you've been a gentle parent for a long time, um, Christina has some amazing resources that she's able to share with you that can continue to bless you and inspire you on your gentle parenting journey. So please make sure that you connect with her. Um, and I just want to thank you so much, Christina, for your time and for being willing to share so much of your story and your heart and some incredible strategies that I, I know I'm going to be trying to implement and, um, just, you know, your heart for, for children and your heart for us as adults and dental parenting, you know, people that are wanting to live in this, this lifestyle. So thank you so very much for, for sharing, um, your story and your heart with us.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me and for your heart and your work too. Like I said, I felt like I read your book and I felt like I know her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 super grateful. I'm like you put things together so well, so I'm I'm really grateful to be connected and thank you for giving me th- this time to share.
0: My pleasure. Yeah. Um, So, and I want to thank everyone who's listening as well. Thank you so very much for joining us today for the Peaceful World Schoolers podcast. I truly hope that this episode has been as much of a blessing for you as it has been for me. Uh, Remember that I have new episodes that are released every single Tuesday. So make sure that you subscribe so you will not miss out on a single episode. Um, And if you would like to support me in the work that I'm doing, make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. Um, Please check out my book, Gospel-Based Parenting that Christina and I talked about a little bit. Um, You can find that on amazon.com or on my website, www.peacefulworldschoolers.com. And again, make sure you check out the links in the description so you can get in touch with um, all these incredible resources that Christina and I both have shared today. So thank you so much. I hope that you have a wonderful day and that it is wonderful. Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders, and I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. If you like this video, please make sure you subscribe and click the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.